You're listening to AOA, Agriculture of America. This is Mike Pearson, and you can rely on us for the latest farm and ranch news from around the world. Informing America's farmers and ranchers, this is AOA, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Now, here's your host, Mike Pearson. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for joining us today for AOA. If it sounds a little loud in the background, that's because we are on location. I'm in the trade show floor. I'm in booth 5039, which of course, folks, that's the Trelleborg booth. Our friends at Trelleborg and Mitas are joining us today. They have a fantastic setup. If you are coming to the National Farm Machinery Show in Louisville, do be sure to make your way down. We'll be broadcasting from 10 to 11 Eastern time, both today and tomorrow here on the show grounds. They have a fantastic barista here making coffee, and they've got a crowd of folks in the booth coming to learn about tires. Kicking things off with us today, we are joined by our old friend, Chris Nider. He is the Marketing, Training, and Development Manager for Trelleborg. And Chris, thanks for letting AOA come back here, and it's always a pleasure to see you, sir. Well, Mike, top of the morning to you, first of all, and it's always a pleasure speaking with you. So thank you for coming and doing the show here from the booth. You know, our audience probably remembers we last had a good conversation at the Farm Progress Show in Boone this past summer. Chris, a lot has happened in the world of tires. A lot has happened for Trelleborg. You're on, you're down here in Louisville. What's on display? What have you brought down for the audience? Well, Mike, this year, you know, we're always trying to be on the forefront of technology. So this year, Trelleborg, we have brought our new, I call it the transport or the trailer radial tire, the HF 1000. HF stands for high flotation. So if you're in the manure hauling business, the slurry tanker, big forge wagons, this is the perfect tire for you. Chris, I'm looking at this tire right here, the HF1000. It is a big tire, and I'm white right off the bat. I'm seeing all of those lugs through the center of the tire. I'm guessing that's going to help with road performance. Well, Mike, first of all, just think of a manure tanker, the weight that that thing has to support or the tires that the weight has to support. So you're exactly right. Again, as I always say, you're very trainable. You're very astute to tires. And uh, the HF1000, one of the first things is we have a central tread pattern that gives it excellent road performance. Again, let's let's hang on the manure tankers. They're going to drive down the road very fast. They're trying to get their load uh, spread back to the shop, back out. So again, yeah, that's that. We made a difference in that central tread pattern to give some good, excellent wear, good road performance. Road performance, Chris. Well, how fast can I run down the highway with that tire on my manure tank? Well, again, one of the criteria for this type of application, the operators want to drive fast. So this is a D-rated tire. That equates to a 40-mile-an-hour tire. There's kind of two classifications in the ag world, A, which is 25 miles an hour, 40 or excuse me d which is 40 miles an hour so this is our this is our high speed tire mike it is a high speed tire and chris we were talking before we came on the air one of the things that's interesting about this tire to me is the incorporation of steel steel belting in an ag tire can we talk a little bit about that well this is a big deal for us here this is trelleborg's first entry i'm gonna call it in the ag segment with steel belts under the tread you know, uh, those of us, and I grew up in the truck tire world, so there's always been steel in a lot of truck tires, but now we've started incorporated in some of the ag uh, tires. What it does, it helps really uh, protect that casing. It makes a stronger casing. It flattens that footprint out. You know, Mike, we always talk about compaction in the ag world, and uh, the steel belts will help this tread spread out. We'll talk about how wide it is here in just a minute or two, but it really puts a nice footprint on the ground, reduces the soil compaction, and again, you reduce the compaction, you're going to improve the yield. And even with a tanker, you know, you're spreading in the field, so you're running over that field. You need to reduce that compaction. Absolutely. I mean, that is that is a key name of this game, Chris. And I'm wondering, 
the VF technology that's incorporated in this tire. We talked about VF at Farm Progress. Of course, this is what Trelleborg's bringing to the table. Can you give our audience a refresher? What does that technology do? Well, you know, I forgot to say uh, at the beginning here, you know, we always give love to tractor tires because, again, let's face it, we're running a lot of tractors. But, you know, we're giving some love to the trailer tire now. And this is a, a trailer tire that we've incorporated VF technology. And, and VF, VF stands for very high flexion. What that talks about is the strength of the construction of the sidewall. So now VF technology, very high flexion. It lets the operator run up to 40. There's kind of two ends of the VF technology. You can run up to 40% less air in the tire and still carry the load of a standard tire. Or, and this is probably where, uh, again, the manure tanker operator you can keep your standard air pressure, but you can run 40% more load. Oh. Now, again, you know, we're all trying to reduce costs. The more material or, in this case, uh, manure you can haul, you're going to maybe make less runs, and that's a big deal. You know, reduction of runs, you're going to reduce your costs, and we're all thinking about costs. So that's what that lets that you're going to use that 40% more load factor right there. Absolutely. Now, Chris, since we're talking manure tankers, I want to ask you this, because those tankers, they're pulling into the fields, they're knifing in some manure. It gets a little muddy, usually, in that type of scenario. Then they got to pull back out onto the road, run back home to get another load. What are we doing here with these terraced lugs, and how does that help the manure tanker get his job done? Well, as we have in every Trelleborg radial tire, we have what we call interlug terracing. And if you look in the bottom of the tread groove, there's actually terraces. Now, it has worked very well for us in our regular tractor tires. Its main mission is to keep the tread clean because the big culprit of traction is the tire loads up with mud, it starts to spin. Now, a trailer tire, there's not usually power being put to the axles. However, you just said it, Mike. You're going to operate in that muddy condition. That tread's going to want to start to load up. Those terrace lugs, and, and actually on the HF-1000, they're actually uh, higher. Uh, there's a certain level that the terraces go up, but now with the HF-1000, we've actually made them higher. Their big mission is is to eject that mud so when that that equipment pulls onto the road, it does not leave a lot of debris because, you know, uh, city people don't think about that. Well, you debris on the road. Well, everybody in the rural areas, you pull out. Keeping the road clean is a big deal. And that might seem like a little thing, but that could get you in a little bit of a problem. It certainly can. It certainly upset the neighbors, if nothing oh, else. Oh, Nobody likes oh, driving oh, through a muddy highway. Oh, oh, my goodness. And, you know, let's face it, manure is manure. So <laughs> you may have a little fragrance issue there. However... Those work very well at keeping that tread clean. Chris, so you've got the steel belts in there. You've got the VF technology. This is in the HF1000 series tractor. If folks pull the trigger on this, with the steel belts being new, is there confidence that this tire is going to last? Is there a warranty in place here with Trelleborg? Well, Mike, uh, I, I talk about this uh, it, when the growers come into the booth here. We start talking, and I'll say, well, you know, the Trelleborg warranty, you know what it is. It's 10 years. And, and their eyes will kind of, what? So uh, what that means, Mike, is for the first 10 years, you're covered from the tire failing because of materials of workmanship. Now, that just means the way we build it. I don't know too many things on the equipment that has a 10-year warranty. Also, two-year free replacement, and we have some stubble damage. So you add all those together, we have one of the best warranties in the industry. It's a full package from Trelleborg, folks. Stay with us here on AOA. We'll have more program coming from the Trelleborg booth 5039 here at the National Farm Machinery Show. Stay with us for more AOA. Hi, this is Mike Pearson. You're listening to AOA, Agriculture of America. Don't go away. More AOA coming right up. Corn is native to the American continents and was unknown to the rest of humanity until Columbus arrived in the New World in the 15th century. It took less than 100 years after Columbus's discovery for corn to be introduced to farmers in Asia, Africa, Europe, and the Pacific Islands. After wheat and rice, corn is the third most cultivated crop in the world. The four nations that purchase the most corn from the United States are Mexico and Colombia, who use it as a food ingredient, and Japan and South Korea, who buy it mainly for animal feed. 
Around one-third of the corn grown in the United States is eaten by livestock, another third is used in the production of ethanol fuel, and the rest is either consumed by humans, exported to other nations, or used industrially. Now that's sweet corn, that's the variety that most Americans grill or boil for cookouts or just eat straight out of a can with a spoon, accounts for just 1% of all corn grown in the United States. These Farm Facts brought to you by the American Ag Network. Hi, I'm news correspondent Bob Woodruff. In 2006, a roadside bomb struck the armored vehicle I was riding in while reporting from Iraq. I sustained a life-threatening traumatic brain injury. The military term, got your six, means I have your back. And that day, our service members had mine. During my recovery, I learned firsthand the challenges facing our service members who return home with injuries. While serving, their fellow service members always had their six. Now that they're home, it is our turn. We started the Bob Woodruff Foundation to make sure that the camaraderie and support they relied on in the military carries on, and we need you. Please join us as part of the Got Your Six initiative and help us be there for impacted veteran service members and their families. They've had our backs. It's time we have theirs. Learn more at gotyoursix.org. That's gotyoursix.org. Using the number six. Hey, Dad, your prescription will be ready in just a minute. Hey, Dad, your laundry will be ready in just a minute. Dad, your lunch will be ready in just a minute. Hey, honey, why don't you take a minute? When you help care for a loved one, you give them as much time as you can, making sure they're safe and comfortable. But it's just as important that you take some time for yourself. At AARP, we can help with information and useful tips on how you can maintain a healthy life balance, care for your own physical and mental well-being, and manage the challenges of caring for a loved one. Because the better care you take of yourself, the better care you can provide for your loved one. Thanks, Dad. Thank you. You're there for them. We're here for you. Find free care guides to support you and your loved one at aarp.org caregiving. That's aarp.org caregiving public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. This is Mike Pearson. Thanks for listening to Agriculture of America. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world. Keeping America's farmers and ranchers informed on AOA. Now back to Mike Pearson. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. AOA continues this morning here from the trade show floor at the National Farm Machinery Show in Louisville, Kentucky. We're down here with our friends at Trelleborg. Come by booth 5039. We've got fresh coffee being brewed up. Fancy, fancy coffee beverages, I should say, being brewed up to my right. And we've got a lot of tire knowledge here in the booth. But we also have a lot of things continuing to develop in the world of agriculture, folks, as 2023 gets underway. It's earnings season, and specifically for an ag audience, some of the folks reporting their earnings here recently have been restaurants. Want to get a barometer? How's the U.S. consumer with regard to food as we move into 2023? Well, to help give us some insight into this, joining us next is Hillary Russ. She's a journalist with Reuters. She covers the food industry, and she's been watching these earnings reports for the past several weeks. Hillary, thank you so much for joining us here today. Uh, it's my pleasure, Mike. Let's talk first and foremost, Hillary, what major restaurant brands were you watching here for earnings season? Who were you keeping an eye on? Sure. Well, we like to look at the, the biggest of the big. Um, so that's always McDonald's. Uh, it also reports earnings often before the rest of the big chains. So it gives us a really interesting barometer to look at you know, what we might see from the industry as a whole. Uh, we look at uh, Yum! Brands. They also reported already. That's uh, KFC, Taco Bell, Pizza Hut. Uh, Habit Burger and Grill. Um, we also look at Restaurant Brands International, which is uh, Burger King, Popeyes, Tim Hortons, Firehouse Sub. Uh, and then just, you know, for fun, we also look at Starbucks. Um, not, not as food oriented, obviously, they do have lots of food, but um, really just a behemoth of a company um, and a really interesting product and customer base. And then also Chipotle, um, it's not as big as the other companies, but again, it occupies an interesting space. Um, so those are the main companies I, I usually look at in the quarter. 
All right. Well, let's start with the big dog. Let's start with mm-hmm. McDonald's. That's that value proposition, Hillary. I would assume right. when interest or inflation rather is surging, that McDonald's would be a place that shines. Did earnings bear that out? They definitely did. Um, we certainly saw McDonald's being a beneficiary of um, higher across the board prices for everything. Um, we saw it earning a little bit um, from all segments of society um, as people started to worry about um, the possibility of a recession, maybe saw their own wallets pinched. Uh, McDonald's was a place uh, both for people looking for a value. Uh, and they also said um, that they're seeing customers come even from a, a sort of higher income level. Oh, that's interesting. So this, we assume, would be consumers trading down potentially from a more expensive lunch or dinner option, maybe to McDonald's? Precisely, precisely. Trading down is a, is definitely a concept uh, that's strong in the restaurant industry. And we've sort of been waiting throughout the pandemic to see if this is the kind of thing that would happen. Uh, we've definitely seen a little bit of that. People um, maybe trading their Chipotle burrito bowls. Uh, those can be, you know, 12, 13 bucks, depending on where you are to a McDonald's meal that's a little bit less expensive. Um, But I will also say, you know, it's a misnomer to think that uh, McDonald's and and fast food in general is only for uh, lower income folks. It's, you know, even historically, traditionally, plenty of people in what we consider a higher income range, $75,000, $100,000 or more, are also eating fast food all the time. So uh, either way, it's, it's attractive at this point to everybody. And McDonald's has definitely been a beneficiary of this. All right. Good to see you there. I want to turn the focus. Well, actually, this is interesting. Hillary, I'm here in Louisville, home of Yum Brands. I saw the Yum Brands KFC Arena downtown Louisville this last night. How are things looking for those uh, that venerable chain? Right. I, so, the, so some of those brands are, are similar kind of idea. Um, certainly Taco Bell has a lot of menu items um, that are priced on the lower end of the scale. And so you can go in there and get a filling, a burrito or a soft taco. Uh, And that's done really well. So overall for Yum! Brands, um, comparable sales, which is uh, sales at restaurants that have been open at least a year since, you know, so it's a year on year comparison. Those sales were up 11%. And and that's great. Um, That really helped drive uh, uh, earnings this past quarter for Yum! Brands. Um, One of the things we don't know, though, I will say is how much they, they wouldn't break out how much of that was due to the higher prices or due to uh, traffic levels in terms of the number of visits they're actually seeing. Okay, so we don't quite have all the data, but you know, Taylor, you mentioned there are those lower priced burritos and taco items at Taco Bell. I don't know if I'm a target customer, but I have seen all <laughs> sorts of advertising for those $149, $2 meals. Did they talk about that at all? Is this a direction they see Taco Bell staying here while prices are high? Is it working for them? They did. Um, yeah, there, there's no reason for them to change that. It's working right now, and that's part of their brand. Um, I think customers who are looking for that know that they can go to some of those brands um, uh, and, and get exactly that kind of deal. Um, they are also, I will say, marketing some higher price items too, some sort of fancier burritos. There's, you know, maybe putting steak in things uh, and trying to draw in those those higher price customers as well. So you'll see a lot of restaurants, including all of Yum Brands. Uh, different brands rolling out things to target. It's like a barbell approach to target the higher income folks who want to spend more and the lower income people who are looking for a deal. All right. The barbell approach. That's a unique concept, or at least it's an interesting concept, given the volatility we're seeing here in this space. And Hillary, I want to turn the focus to Chipotle. You mentioned it's not a big dog like a McDonald's or an RBI potentially, but that customer base, that high end affluent customer, I assume younger, which maybe is a, is a poor assumption on my end. How are they faring? Are they holding their own here through this uh, inflation period? They are. Uh, first of all, that is a fair assumption. Uh, their their customers do tend to be a little younger, a little more affluent. Um, and interestingly enough, Chipotle has done has just soared really throughout the pandemic. But this past quarter, the fourth quarter, we started to see a little bit of weakness there. Things didn't come in quite as high as expected. Uh, you know, I mean, they, they still sales were still up, but but not as much as you might have uh, of expected, and certainly not necessarily as strong as they've been. Uh, throughout the rest of the pandemic, um, you know, it, it's a company worth watching because they've they have said that they, you know, they've raised their prices a lot, particularly for delivery, uh, and they have said that their their affluent customers are still coming there and still eating, and they really haven't seen a drop off. Um, and so the the real question for Chipotle in particular is, have they raised prices too much? 
Um, and I think that's what we're going to be looking, you know, we're not quite sure if that's the case. I've talked to some analysts who think that they have. Uh, so they, they maybe need to sit still for a while with price increases. Um, and that's what I think people are going to be watching. Um, and Chipotle is really sort of the key company where that is a big issue for the people watching the space. You know, Hillary, you mentioned, have they raised prices potentially too much? As I was glancing through some of the earnings uh, data, if I recall correctly, Chipotle's profit margin was something like 48%. Am I remembering that correctly? That seems like a staggeringly high number. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the profit margins are really pretty extraordinary. It depends on which profit margin you're looking at. Um, if you're looking at the restaurant level sort of operating margin versus the uh. overall company profit margin, but by any account, um, they do seem quite healthy. Uh, it's not quite the same as you might expect from like a small independent mom and pop chain. Their restaurant margins don't tend to be quite so big. Yes, efficiencies of scale certainly apply Indeed. in the restaurant industry. And with that being said, RBI, Restaurant Brands Incorporated, I'm not sure if they're one of the biggest, but they certainly are up there. How are their brands performing here during this period? Yeah, so Restaurant Brands International is uh, is an interesting one. They're definitely up there. They've got Burger King in particular. And if you're Canadian, uh, Tim Hortons, uh, obviously Timmy's is sort of ever present in Canada. Um so they, you know, it's a mixed bag there. I think part of the problem that you'll see there is the the weight of China. Uh, obviously, China's just reopening, and things have been incredibly choppy there. So certainly, Burger King uh, and P Pizza Hut, their performances were hurt by pressure from China. Same same with Starbucks, by the way. Um, but in the U.S., uh, which is mostly everybody's biggest market. Burger King had some of its other problems of its own. Um, it's been sort of undergoing a bit of a, a brand revamp. Um, you know, it wasn't even necessarily the pandemic, but just a little bit of, of weakness over the years it just didn't quite modernize. Like McDonald's, for example, invested lots and lots of money, even before beginning before the pandemic, to renovate restaurants, to modernize operations, modernize the look and feel. Uh, and Burger King was a little bit behind McDonald's in doing that. And so that's what they're doing now. And so there was a bit of weakness still um, for the for the fourth quarter. All right. It's going to take some time to see these improvements play out. But I understand it sounds like RBI is going to be spending a lot of money here in their on their Burger King franchisees. And so we'll just have to see how that plays out. Folks, we have been talking today with Hillary Russ. She is a journalist with Reuters, and she has joined us today. Hillary, I think we have lost Hillary, but thank you so much for joining us today, folks. Stay with us. When AOA returns, we will be back live at the Trelleborg booth. Stay here for more AOA coming up in just a second. Hi, this is Mike Pearson. You're listening to AOA, Agriculture of America. Don't go away. More AOA coming right up. I've been farming my whole life. I don't need somebody to come out here and state the obvious. I don't need anybody to explain my farm to me. My local co-op works with CHS, and they know what I need when I need it. A global network of support. Local expertise. And valuable market options. We need a co-op that's here for us. So we can own every day. When you're an owner of a local cooperative connected to CHS, you get local expertise, a proven efficient supply chain, and global market access. Learn more at cooperativeownership.com. Young farmers don't listen to the radio, right? Wrong. In a recent survey, 74% of young producers said they get their most important agricultural information from their trusted farm radio station. Surprised? Don't be. If you think about it, it makes perfect sense. Radio is the perfect companion because it goes with you everywhere. Whether you're in the shop, on the combine, or in the truck, farm radio is right there with you. This message brought to you by the National Association of Farm Broadcasting. This is AOA for the American Ag Network. I'm Richard Risvet with this market update. Grains are mixed here as we move through the trading session. Grain and oilseed prices are being influenced more by recession worries this week than they are individual supply and demand fundamentals. They could still rally in this environment, but they need a stronger story to do so. And so far, that story is lacking. 
Headlines of drought damage in Argentina are growing stale and harvest pressure is increasing in Brazil where storage is in short supply for this big crop, pushing bushels onto the market. And keep in mind, Brazil's crop is massive. Rains may be slowing harvest progress, but it's not stopping it. Sufficient bushels are being harvested to keep the flow of soybeans to the ports moving with ships being loaded. The soy meal market, which is believed to have large speculative ownership, is testing their willingness to hold on to those long positions today. Stock features were under modest pressure overnight ahead of this morning's inflation data release as Wall Street remained on edge. And it is day number 358 in the Ukraine war, and the fighting is perhaps as intense as it has been at any point in the war. Russia launched another attack on Ukraine's critical infrastructure today, firing at least 36 missiles into the country. Ukraine claims it shot down 16 of the incoming missiles, but significant damage was still done. Nonetheless, though, Ukraine states that no additional loss of power resulted from the attack. Tensions are also rising along the Ukraine border with Belarus, which is an ally of Russian President Putin. Belarus's president stated that they will not send troops into Ukraine unless they are attacked. But that sounds a lot like lines we heard from Russia prior to its invasion last year. Russia continues to slow walk inspections of ships moving toward the Ukrainian ports near Odessa, allowing just 16 ships to arrive at ports as part of the grain initiative last week. Ukraine continues to call for the United Nations to force Russia to cooperate with the inspections. The conflict raises some questions whether the initiative will be extended beyond March 19th, although UN authorities insist that it will. Regardless, the flow of grain out of Ukraine is slowing. You're listening to AOA for the American Ag Network. I'm Richard Ristvet. Through the years, you've really kept up with the times. You're on social media. Like, like, dislike, block. Maintained your health. 10,000 steps. I'm a beast. You even programmed your own smart home. In 10 minutes, remind me that I'm a genius. In 10 minutes, I'll remind you that you're a genius. If you can do all that, you can definitely save for retirement. Just go to aceyourretirement.org, a free online tool sponsored by AARP that can help you get on track with your retirement savings no matter your age. At aceyourretirement.org, you'll meet Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach, and in just three minutes, get personalized recommendations to help boost your retirement savings. They're easy to understand and work with your lifestyle. It's quick, easy, and free. Plus, it's brought to you by AARP, so you know they got your back. You are a genius. Take charge of your retirement. Go to aceyourretirement.org now. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. You're listening to AOA, Agriculture of America. This is Mike Pearson, and you can rely on us for the latest farm and ranch news from around the world. Keeping America's farmers and ranchers informed on AOA. Now back to Mike Pearson. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. AOA continues here from the Trelleborg booth 5039 at the National Farm Machinery Show. Folks, if I sound enthusiastic, that's because the barista that we've got here in the booth just bought me a magnificent iced mocha. If you are on the grounds here at the National Farm Machinery Show, come on by Trelleborg booth 5039. We're going to have coffee until 1, and we'll have tire experts on hand for the next two days. You want to get your questions answered. We're going to dig in with one of those tire experts right now. Greg Payne, the OE Key Accounts Manager with Trelleborg, is sitting with me. And Greg, 2022 was a wild year in the equipment manufacturing business. It seemed like everybody was running to keep up with supply. Is that how it felt from inside the industry as well? Absolutely. Everything that we dealt with was a house fire. (laughs) Where's my stuff? Is it getting better? I think is the question I'm hearing from so many folks here on the grounds. Are things starting to turn around a little bit in the supply chain or? Yes, we're seeing considerable improvements in supply chain. Uh, One thing that a lot of people don't realize is almost every uh, component in a tire has to be imported into this country. There aren't any rubber trees in North America. That's right. (laughs) And so the supply chain thing uh, affected a lot of our inputs. Uh, There was just a ton of logistic problems coming into this year. Our customers, ourselves, we did air freights to oh, wow. to keep plants and factories running. So it was an incredible year. It so. was in, in spite of all of those challenges from the perspective of Trelleborg, how did 2022 turn out? Are you on the right, moving the right direction? 2022 was an exceptional year. Our company in, I believe it was mid to late September, uh, made a press release that we had reached a milestone of a billion euro in sales because we are European based. Uh, so we've had 
you know, until the end of 22 to um, increase upon that. And uh, the, we had the largest year since we've been in operation oh, wow. in North America as well. So, yeah, banner year. That is fantastic. In spite of the challenges, to be able to put up a banner year, that tells you the demand that's coming from the farmer out here. Are you hearing that from the conversations on the show floor? Oh, certainly. There's a lot of confidence. Uh, people are Farmers are making investments. Commodities are pretty good prices. They seem to be on a trend to stay on a plateau pretty high where they're at. Uh, you know, climate change is a thing, no matter what somebody, mm -hmm. the cause of it. Uh, so worldwide record harvests are probably going to be fewer and far between uh, in the coming years. So uh, ag is going to be good and strong for the immediate future. For the immediate future. Well, that's 2023. That's the immediate future. Greg, <laughs> you are in contact with all these OEMs throughout the industry. How's it looking? What are you expecting here as this year starts to ramp up and we get into the growing season? Well, uh, you know, we, I, we interact with all of the major OEs. Um, and shortline manufacturers, they all have pretty strong order books. There isn't anybody that's really predicting any sort of a, of a decline. And uh, we have a lot of new projects in the work for, for them. And uh, 2023 may not be just a record year, but it's going to be right there. All right. Well, that's pretty neat. When we think of what Trello board Mitas are bringing to the table, working with these OEs, are there any new sizes on, on for this upcoming year? Anything new besides the HF 1000? Uh, well, we, as Chris has talked about, we got the HF 1000. Uh, we have, we're expanding several lines. Uh, we have projects, as I mentioned with, uh, all of the major OEs, two or three in particular, I won't mention company names mm -hmm. or colors, but we're coming out with some new sizes uh, directly uh, for new machines that they're going to be introducing in, you know, say maybe model year 25 or 27. Okay. Uh, that's one thing that uh, I have seen since I've been with the company uh, right at 10 years uh, that we have, we're kind of the go-to people when there's uh, new thoughts and ideas. Uh, you know, for those particular applications. It's an honor. It is. And, you know, you mentioned you're, you're not going to say any colors here, but folks can find Trellebore tires pretty much with every major OE. Yeah. yeah, you walk around here, you know, if you go to the Agco booth, you go to the C&H booth, John Deere, Kloss, Versatile, whatever, you're going to see our stuff. We have we have applications and releases with part numbers with all of those folks and right. others and others. And, and it's continuing to grow. I mean, are you getting fresh contacts from the industry folks looking for new applications of tires here as we look to the future? Oh, sure. We have uh, we, we have several new projects of machines that are in the design process that, you know, I can't really mention who or what, uh, but uh, we're integrally involved in, in that process. And that's a huge compliment for us because we are, you know, leaders in design and innovation. With the HF 1000, so many of the other tires on display, it looks like, or I know the trend has been in equipment manufacturer, we're going to get bigger, we're going to get heavier, we're going to get faster. All three things that really challenge tire construction. Is that trend in place as you look out two, three years down the line? Or are we just going to keep seeing machinery get bigger and go faster? Yes. Uh, you know, I was just having a conversation with uh, a producer a little while ago that, you know, said that we'd really like to see this and we'd really like to have this particular speed rating and load carrying capacity. Uh, you know, it, at some point, you'd think there is going to be that there would be a limit. Right now, I don't think we're right there just yet. <laughs> Things <laughs> continue to get taller, larger, and faster, and the need is there. Um, so we'll, we're going to develop those. Developing. And that's that's what so fascinates me every time. And I've had the opportunity, folks, to work with my friends at Trelleborg for a couple of years now. And just to see the development that's coming, Greg, I want to ask you, you mentioned European company, Trelleborg, manufacturer here in the United States. But with that exchange of ideas between Americans and Europeans. Do you see things coming across the pond this way from Europe that uh, American farmers can benefit from? Yeah, as we talked about earlier, you know, there's benefits to that. Uh, you know, there's it opens the door to some different design ideas and maybe some construction types that wouldn't be considered. Uh, some other historical brands that are more North American based have a little bit different design. Uh, in Europe, we they rode farmers rode their equipment a lot more. So our history and our roadability and durability on the road is is better, and ride comfort is 
one of the highest things that we hear about uh, on our tires and is is desirable for farmers. Yeah, absolutely. So. You got to be comfortable when you're running 40 mile an hour down the road, pulling a whole tank of manure or whatever. You've got to be able to stay comfortable so you can keep your head on a swivel. Greg, I want to ask you about supply. You mentioned supply chain trend challenges. We saw this last year. Farmers, they want to get out there this year. They want to get going. How's Trelleborg? How are Mita sitting supply-wise? Uh, we're in the last two or three months, uh, we're leaps and bounds better than we were for the prior 18 to 24 months. Uh, and that's some for, for some various reasons. Some of it is all manufacturers, I think, have had a chance to catch up to what demand was or is. Uh, we're finding some of our customers had what they needed ordered maybe with three or four different suppliers. And now it's like, oh, we've got enough stuff. So we're seeing some, you know, some, uh, I don't really want to say some slowdown, but is, things are pushing out a little bit. It's more normalizing okay. in, throughout 22 it was just everybody was getting anything and everything that they could. And now things are kind of starting to settle out and normalize. Okay. We're starting to see those relationships redevelop and supply chains reopen. And Greg, then is the story the same labor at the plants, both in Spartanburg and in Charles City? We up, we're running full bore? Yeah, both the plants uh, are doing max. We could use more people in both of them. Everybody, uh, you know, has their, whether you're in a restaurant or a manufacturing facility or wherever, you know, the farmers, uh, labor supply is a challenge. So, um, so if but you want to make good. tires, listeners, they'll hire you. What, Charles City and at Spartanburg, <laughs> South Carolina, yes, right? Yes, we have, we have openings. Yes. Excellent. There you go. Grat, grat, I love to see some, <laughs> some energy here in the world of agriculture. What else are you watching? Greg, as you think, think ahead to 2023 from the tire industry's perspective, what's on your mind as you talk with these OEs? Uh, you know, just an overview for 23, like I mentioned before, we have the opportunity to interact with all the major manufacturers. Um, virtually all of them have strong order books. Uh, it's going to be another record year. Planning, planning, planning is very important. Get, you know, with producers as well. Uh, that's one of the messages that we've heard uh, all the major OEs is, you know, plan for what you need in 23 right now. Oh, don't be waiting. Don't Correct. think you're going to be able to roll up at two days before you get in the field and get what you need with Absolutely. your manufacturer. Absolutely. I, we know from conversations we've had with several OEs that they there are certain lines uh, that are sold out for 23. You won't be able to get one. It'll be a 24 model. So it's a little bit that way with certain sizes and models of tires. We need the orders now to be able to fill. Be aggressive. Talk to those folks. If you are going to be running hard this spring, is it worth buying ahead, getting some on hand to keep in your shop? Or is supply chain normalizing enough that hopefully when accidents happen, you could get what you need? It never hurts to have a spare if you're in absolute, uh, you know, zero downtime is your goal. It never hurts to have a spare. Um, but we have a good distribution network for a replacement market and you're not too far away from any of our product at any time. That's true. If we've got listeners who want to keep up with Trelleborg, where can they go for information? Where can they go to learn about the dealer network? Right? Of course, we have our, uh, you know, our websites will have a dealer locator. Uh, the way our distribution model works, a lot of small town dealers all buy from distributors, and we work with all of those major distributors across the country. Shouldn't be too hard to locate. All right, so if you don't have them in your town, if your tire shop isn't working with Trelleborg, it's an easy thing to change. Yes, they can find us easy. Fantastic. Folks, we have been talking today with Greg Payne. He is the OE Key Account Manager here with Trelleborg. Greg, thank you so much for joining us today, and thanks for sharing the story here at National Farm Machinery Show. Enjoy being here. Excellent. Folks, stay with us. We are going to have more AOA coming here from the show floor with our friends at Trelleborg. If you're on the grounds, come by, get a coffee. They'll be here till 1 p.m. We'll be back for more AOA in just a second. Hi, this is Mike Pearson. You're listening to AOA, Agriculture of America. Don't go away. More AOA coming right up. Vision loss is not something that you feel until it happens. Most people lose their vision from diseases like macular degeneration and glaucoma. 
not at birth. With macular degeneration, you lose your central vision. You have a blind spot right in the center of your face, so I can't actually see your face. So even that little circle in which I could see became a big blur. I was 65 when I first was diagnosed with glaucoma. There were no symptoms. I had no headaches. Three million Americans have glaucoma, and half don't even know it. 11 million people in the United States have macular degeneration. You lose mobility, independence, changes your entire life. So many eye disorders can be treated if caught early. My husband tells me that I have beautiful brown eyes, and I don't want to lose that. Make a plan today to get your eyes checked. Visit brightfocus.org to learn more. Nothing offers an opportunity to bond and give thanks quite like breaking bread together. This is especially true as we welcome our troops back home and keep those who are still stationed overseas in our hearts. Hi, I'm Gary Sinise. Since 2011, the Gary Sinise Foundation's Serving Heroes program has shown gratitude to our nation's defenders and their families by serving up nearly 500,000 hearty classic American meals at travel hubs and military locations. And now, together with our friends at Bob Evans Farms and their Our Farm Salutes program, we will help to provide even more meals nationwide, offering our defenders a taste of home and a feeling of togetherness around the table. Help us show America's gratitude through food and fellowship. Look for the Bob Evans Our Farm Salutes purple packaging at your grocery store and visit ourfarmsalutes.com to learn more. While we can never do enough to support the men and women who serve together, we can make a difference, bite by bite. Each season, farmers put it all on the line. So it's just good business to get every advantage you can. That's why the Roundup Ready Extend crop system created the Spray Early Weed Control Guarantee. When you spray before or at planting, you can give yourself a season-long advantage over weeds, and it can help boost your yield potential. Show weeds you mean business and learn more about guaranteed weed control at roundupreadyextend.com slash sprayearly. Guarantee is subject to program terms and conditions. Read and follow pesticide label directions, IRM, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. I think farming picked me. <laughs> I didn't pick farming. I'm not afraid to try something new. It's my farm, my family, and our future. My channel Seedsman gets that. I get access to innovative products with personalized advice backed by data to maximize my yield potential. With Channel, I know I'll prosper for years to come. Define your future at channel.com slash future. Read and follow pesticide label directions, IRM, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. Copyright 2022 Bayer Group. All rights reserved. What a great organization, helping families in need like ours. It's a godsend. When an unexpected crisis strikes, Farm Rescue is here to help. Assistance is available free of charge to farm families experiencing a major injury, illness, or natural disaster. Our volunteers and equipment are ready to spring into action with planting, haying, and harvest support. If you or someone you know could use a helping hand, visit farmrescue.org today. Are you heading to the National Farm Machinery Show in Louisville? Stop by the Trelleborg booth and see me, Mike Pearson, for some exciting live radio and learn about the new HF1000 steel belted tire and features that minimize soil compaction. You can get a cup of coffee at the Barista Bar and I will be broadcasting AOA live from the Trelleborg booth 5039 from 10 to 11 a.m. on Thursday and Friday. That's at the National Farm Machinery Show, Trelleborg booth 5039 from 10 to 11 a.m. We'll see you in Louisville. Victor deployed for the first time to Afghanistan in 2003. At four in the morning, my phone rang. They said, I regret to inform you that your husband was wounded in action. Victor sustained a moderate traumatic brain injury. I was doing school full-time, and I was also then caring for Victor. One of the most important elements of caregiving is taking care of yourself. I just didn't want to forget that I also had goals and that I also had a life. What I did is I challenged Victor to meet me halfway. There are almost six million military and veteran caregivers across the nation. We have our own journey, and we can fulfill that journey at the same time that we are helping our loved one. Visit aarp.org caregiving for a free military veteran's guide to navigate your caregiving journey and better care for your loved one and yourself. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. This is Mike Pearson. Thanks for listening to Agriculture of America. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world.
Keeping America's farmers and ranchers informed on AOA. Now back to Mike Pearson. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to AOA. We are continuing this morning here at the Trelleborg booth. Folks, you ought to have it in your memory by now. We're booth 5039. We've got a barista making coffee next door. We've got a tire conversation happening directly in front of us. And to my right is Chris Neidert. He is the marketing training and development manager for Trelleborg. And Chris, we've been talking today about the tire technology itself. But I want to take it a step further, go back up the supply chain and talk about construction, because that's something that's always changing when we're dealing with chemistries like rubber, isn't it? Yeah, Mike, you know, we talk, we try to talk features and benefits, but you know, uh, the Trelleborg and Mitas uh, philosophy is talking about sustainability. You know, let's face it, a, a tire, a lot of tires are going to end up in the landfill or things like that. So it's really important. We try to do a very good job of reducing the carbon footprint of our production facilities. As an example, we're using less electricity in the plants. We're using less steam in the plants. We're putting less harsh chemicals in the in the tires because again uh, we're gonna we're gonna live on this earth for a long time so sustainability and uh, paying attention to the environment is forefront with Trelleborg and Mitas. And you mentioned that's Trelleborg and Mitas. Of course, directly behind us is the Mitas booth. And Chris, you work with both companies. What's on display at Mitas? What do we have that's hot here at National Farm Machinery Show? Well, you know, uh, being Trelleborg, there we market the Trelleborg and Mitas brand. So you're exactly correct. The booth adjacent to us. Uh, we've got some Mitas product in the booth, uh, the HC1000, which is the Mitas sprayer tire. That's the term I use. We have the HCM, which stands for high capacity municipal tire. And it's a uh, think of it like an all season tread design uh, that we have that tire available. A municipal tire. Chris, what is, what's a municipality doing with a specialty tire? Well, what is really targeted, the, the, the market for that is think of the municipality, the mowing machines or the tractors that do the roadside mowing. They don't need a big, heavy, deep tread traction. What they need is some good roadability, a long wearing tire. That HCM brings that uh, to the table. Uh, and it's also a great snow tire, Mike. Really? Oh, it's a tremendous snow tire. We we do a lot of, uh, of course, we're sort of coming out of the winter season, but that's a very popular I call it a snow tire. That's amazing. All right. So we've got those two on display, but you've also got, as I was peeking around in the booth, some uh, your traditional AgriTread tires. What do you have there from that perspective for your row crop growers? Well, we have the AC85. That is the Mitas. We call it the row crop tractor tire size. It's got a huge portfolio or huge breadth of sizes. So regardless of what horsepower tractor you're using, the AC85, we probably got the size for you. Okay, and manufacturing, I mean, that's all in Spartanburg, South Carolina, isn't it, Chris, with well, the Mitas most, construction? Well, the Mitas are built in Charles City, Iowa. We are lucky here, and I talk about this all the time. We build tires in the greatest country in the world. So we've got the Mitas plant in Charles City, Iowa, and then we've got the Trelleborg plant in Spartanburg, South Carolina. So... And we've got one more tire to talk yes, about, Mike. Sir. The AgriTerra tire. That is a similar application to the HF1000. Again, I'm going to call it the transport tire or the trailer, the radial tire for trailers. So uh, the AgriTerra, it's got a large size availability as well there so we've got four tires in the mitas booth all right there. and conversations have been good with growers coming into both sides of the trelleborg mitas booth here over the past two days yeah absolutely i know the the listeners can't see it but we've got a nice crowd in here uh, in the booth we've been having some very good conversation on tire stuff i say all the time but uh, yeah we've got our experts here in the booth whether it's a Mitas brand or the Trelleborg brand, please come into the booth or just talk to us. Chris, what are you hearing from farmers as they come into the booth? When you're talking tires, when they walk up to you, what are the big concerns on their mind here at Farm Machinery Show 2023? Well, I, I, again, Greg talked about it a little bit on your last segment there. The inventory, it's still a challenge. It's getting better, okay? And we're doing our darndest. To, you know, we're just as unhappy as not being able to, to sell all the tires we want it's improving the uh 
supply. We do we do build some tires in Europe, so that supply is is improving a little bit. And then as we talked, we got two plants here. But that's going to help the farmers' concern with some inventory. Absolutely. But as you mentioned, Greg said it, it still pays to get out early, have those conversations with your retailer, with your distributor. It's it's still something we've got to consider about. Supply chain challenges aren't entirely behind us yet, are they, Chris? Oh, no. Uh, uh, we talk every day. You know, we'll get calls about inventory availability. And my comment is... Place the order for the tires. I hate to say get in line, but it's get in line on some things because, as my wife says, with buying lottery tickets, you can't win unless you buy one. So get your order in and we'll supply those tires. Absolutely. Chris, thinking about the, the health of the dealer network out there, you talk to folks around the country. There's a lot of optimism as 2023 gets underway. Oh, no, absolutely. And and as Greg said, again, uh, everybody had a pretty good year in 2022. Yeah. The tire dealers, you know, we rely on the tire dealers. Uh, we call them bolt-on dealers. That's who we like to actually have the tires sold to we sell through dealers and distributors however we like the bolt-on dealers that actually will come to your farm mount the tires and they're the grassroots guys and we love them absolutely chris we've been talking trelleborg we've been talking mitas for listeners who could not make it to the national farm machinery show here they can't engage with you with jeff with the rest of the team in person where's the best place to go i know you've done some videos you've done a lot of training out there could you fill us in on where you'd like to send people so they can keep up to speed with the work you do well we can talk about the two websites the trelleborg website mike uh, it's going to be www.trelleborg, T-R-E-L-L-E-B-O-R-G dot com forward slash E-N dash U-S forward slash wheels. I am sorry Google about that. Trelleborg. Oh, oh my, that, that, that's going to be better. And then pick North America because Trelleborg, we're a big company that pick uh, North America. And just quickly on the Mitas, it's mitas-tires.com forward slash US or their mic Google Mitas. All right, tires. folks, we'll be back tomorrow for more from the National Farm Machinery Show. Pearson. Thanks for listening to Agriculture of America. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world. As a farmer, I want a cooperative that's there for me. Not the other way around. A local co-op that works for me and works with CHS. To connect me with local experts I know and trust. And put a global network of markets and supply at my fingertips. A co-op that's here to help us. Own every day. When you're an owner of a local cooperative connected to CHS, you get local expertise, a proven efficient supply chain, and global market access. Learn more at cooperativeownership.com. When it comes to making plans, you are the best. What about those round trips, which are perfect on your way there and perfect on your way back? Or those meetings with friends, surprise parties, camps, birthdays. The same way you plan for the important moments, start planning to protect you and your loved ones from a natural disaster. Sign up for local weather and emergency alerts. Prepare an emergency kit and make a family communications plan. Get started at ready.gov plan. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff. Even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover guitar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council.